This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. This man. He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy? Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 201 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 201 of the DCAU Review. Finally covered that, uh, crossed that 200 mark there. That's right. We are now on the other side of that, so got a while to go for our next milestone but not a while to go until our next milestone episode to review because the hits really just keep on coming as we continue to cover batman the animated series all month long we are doing it with another all-time classic that being his silicon soul but cal we are not doing it alone as we have a very special guest correspondent with us this week that's right. Absolutely. You probably know his artwork from uh, Batman The Adventures Continue. If you've uh, listened to our bonus episodes or bonus coverage, um, just started out. We saw some amazing covers of his. And then if you're not following him on Twitter, he does everything. Star Wars, Spider-Man, the animated series. Uh, clearly a deep love for the DCAU here. But we have amazing artist Jordan Gibson joining us here as our special correspondent. Jordan, welcome to the DCAU Review. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Jordan, we're honored to have you on here. We've been fans since we really, honestly, since we, we, we didn't know anything about you until we see these amazing covers that you, that you uh, actually the, the initial cover that you did for Batman, the adventures continue season two. And mm-hmm. then, so we're like, all right, looking at your Instagram and then you, you kind of release these additional covers that you did that didn't get yeah. selected. And it's like, hold on this, this guy clearly has a love and an understanding of the, the Batman, the animated series lore here. 
And uh, it just kind of took off from there. And we know you got the opportunity to actually uh, do the artwork for an entire uh, an entire issue for Batman: The Adventures Continue season two. We dubbed you uh, pairing with with Monica, the world's finest. Uh, you and best friend of the show, Monica yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> so we're really in awe of your artwork and honored to Absolutely. have you on the program here. So thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, we're excited to review this episode with you, uh, his Silicon Soul. Before we get into that, uh, and before we get into the episode itself. Uh, this episode originally aired on the Fox Kids Network here in uh, in America on the 20th of November 1992, which means we're coming up in just a few short months on the 30th anniversary of this episode. And oh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> We're yeah. going to get some information, a little bit about uh, Jordan's background here in just a second. But before we do that, let's intro the episode itself with the official IMDB synopsis, Jordan. <laughs> this is we we go to the Internet Movie Database, we pull the crowdsource description of this episode, and then we critique it. So I've uh, heard a couple. I heard the. I, I was yeah. listening to your Birds of the Feather one. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's there. There are there are mixed results when it comes to the synopsis. So uh, we're crossing our fingers for an entertaining one today. Okay. Sure. So this is the synopsis for the episode, His Silicon Soul, which was written by Marty Eisenberg and Robert Skur, uh, directed by Boyd Kirkland, with music by Harvey R. Cohen and Carl Johnson, and animation by both Dong Yang and Spectrum. And that synopsis reads as such. Hardax, robot replica of Bruce Wayne, wanders around, believing <laughs> himself to be the real Batman. Full stop. Full, wait, that's it? <laughs> that's all we get. It's he wandering around. <laughs> wandering around out there. I mean, A for A for humor. Yeah. And, and like a like a D minus for, for content yes. there. All right. right. Before, before we get into the episode, uh, Jordan, let's talk a little bit about your your background here. So a couple questions for you. Uh, as I mentioned, you clearly have an amazing understanding and love uh, for this DCAU. Uh, universe and and certainly Batman the animated series. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your your first memories or exposure to Batman the animated series, and uh, just kind of what what inspired you to kind of you know continue that love here uh, <clears throat> years after it debuted. Yeah, no, um, man, like for me, uh, this was the thing because I, I was I was born in '89, so uh, year for Batman. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was I was like, even a little young for it, I guess. But it's just been a thing that has always been there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that when I was like, I must have been like, two, or one or two, um, there was like Adam West reruns, my dad noticed that I loved those. And then he just started taping the animated series for me. And so it's basically like, I it's just always been there. Mm -hmm. like that was the show mm -hmm. and I basically was raised completely on that because that just there was nothing else like it on tv um and then it just I don't know just I was like kind of a, a snob too with with Batman because like that was so good and I could tell it was good and then I would see like a regular Batman comic and I'd be like this isn't the same <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah I, I love that when did 
when did you like obviously your art style if people aren't familiar with it just google jordan gibson batman the animated series or go get the last or that issue in batman the adventures continue your art style is incredibly similar and like fits right in to that bruce tim style that you know that ty templeton style like how when yeah when did you start when did you start really beginning to emulate that and you know are there other sources that really you know did you did you are you self-taught? Did you, you know, like, did you go to school for yeah. this? Like, what is, I, how did that come to be? So I basically um, was always drawing. I would just sit down and watch those episodes and sketch the whole time. Wow. Uh, yeah. Or watching <laughs> Toonami or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what I had been dealing with for the past, I don't know, for the, you know, high school, high school art and, and up, was people being like, you can't just draw like Bruce Tim. <laughs> trying to find your own style. And I was like, yes, okay, okay. Uh, and and that has kind of been what I had been working against for the longest time. And and I, you know, I, I definitely do think I have my own thing going on, but for sure. when it comes to Batman, it is impossible almost for me to not go there with that Mm -hmm. so for this to get this I was kind of like I could just go for it finally and just I was allowed to just try as much as I could because so much I would say like growing up like uh the first couple of because I was also a big Marvel guy Mm -hmm. plus Batman Mm -hmm. and um I do love all DC stuff but that kind of came a little later Mm -hmm. um but so basically my whole thing was all the 60s Marvel stuff. Mm. And so it was like John Romita and Jack Kirby and guys like that, because, you know, Bruce Tim and Darwin Cook and guys like that kept, you know, pu- clearly pulling from them. Yep. And I, you know, that's kind of like, uh, I realized later that that was those, that was also the stuff that they liked yeah. too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of pulling from all those things. And then uh, I just started to try to study as many different artists as I could mm-hmm. and a lot of them I would study were also people that Bruce Tim liked just to be like oh, can I see where he gets what and whatever um but yeah that's that's basically it was just nice to finally just get to go for it <laughs> <laughs> well I I you knocked it out of the park it was my favorite issue Thanks. in season two Same. um thank you we have a love thank obviously you. for for Mr. Templeton and his work yeah absolutely legendary artist in those tie-in comics but if he's if he's not able to to get back into this for his health reasons man i you know we're we're pulling even if he is we're pulling for something for you to be able to do yeah i would love i'm always down for more yeah you hear that if dc's listening you hear that guys (laughs) hired hired jordan to do anything please please. (laughs) uh we will buy every copy uh yeah, it's it's definitely it fits in that world, but you're absolutely right. You have your own. It's it's uniquely yours, your style, and pulling in all of those very legendary artists makes makes a whole lot of sense of why your style mm-hmm. is the way that it is. That's awesome. Thanks. Absolutely, and kind of we just touched on it for a second there, but uh, speaking of which, a little while ago on on your social medias, you had shared sort of a character design for a a Tim Drake Robin sort of in the new Batman adventure style, but also sort of him imagined as a justice Lord, which yeah. uh, kind of got my wheels turning. And I wondered, is there another DCAU show uh, tie in comic or like a show itself that you would, 
you could envision yourself working on and would it would it be a justice league or superman or something like that i think i the other one i would really like to do if if we're going shows Mm -hmm. i do love superman but i would really like to do batman beyond oh all right yeah Yeah. i think that would be if we because i know that they do some beyond comics but i would like to do one that's specifically Mm -hmm. a a dcau continuation because they're kind of doing their own thing with those i think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're kind of their own universe yeah 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 but i either that if i guess if we're also just it would just be cool to do like a nightwing things or something like that i want to just take somebody like that and just let them do their own adventure that'd be cool absolutely yeah Awesome. Speaking of own adventures, I will also, I, I don't know how I didn't bring this up before, but we also talked about on one of our bonus episodes, but your little story in Tis the Season to be Freezing with the Mr. Freeze and Absolutely. Robin story, that that may be my favorite comic story in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Oh it's, man, thank you. Everything Absolutely. about that and every little homage that you put in there to uh, both the original Batman Adventures comic, which was such a, so I must have read that original holiday special, <laughs> I don't know, 5,000 times yeah. when I was Same. younger. Same. The, the homages that you put into that and the additional homages uh, to the animated series appearances from Mr. Freeze, like, man, it was such a joy to read that. And Liam and I just spent like hours back and forth talking about how amazing it was. It was just so great. And we'd probably be remiss not to mention that you also uh, did like little title cards, like they were an episode of. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was so fun. I I was was like, gotta do it <laughs> yes and it, it just fit you hear that mr freeze theme kick in on the on the title yeah. part for that story and it's like oh my god like you have to list you makes you want to put on the soundtrack while you read the comic so that you totally can, you can really totally. fit into that world all right so we've established jordan is one of us he's yes. a he's a he's a fan of the we've established his, uh, his yeah. bona fides as it was <laughs> So we appreciate you being here. Jordan, as a special correspondent, is going to give his own scores for this week's episode as we talked about his Silicon Soul. Uh, So we might as well jump into the plot here, Liam. We'll do a quick recap of this. So uh, if you remember, actually way back on our episode 92, we covered the original Hard Act episode, Heart of Steel, uh, parts one and two. You can check out that in the archives at dcaureview.com or on your favorite podcast app if you wish. But uh, that was a legendary episode. We had this giant mm-hmm. supercomputer that was creating replicants of all of these uh, different people in Batman's mm-hmm. life. And uh, yeah, we, it's, it's Batman meets Terminator meets maybe a little Blade Runner. Like it's very, you know, the, the whole idea of, you know, robots replacing humans and making humans obsolete and the, the evil AI sort of controlling being the puppet master here. And yeah, it's, it's fun to get like the sequel to this. It's like Friday the 13th part two, like where the <laughs> monster, you know, is coming back. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we get here. And we open up the, the episode with these, uh, the, a very, to me, I think the first two scenes were a very horror movie inspired, uh, setting here. We have this very dark, uh, dark, dingy, warehouse that these guys are walking through and they're talking about this technology that's mm-hmm. there and uh they come upon this this crate that has this mysterious logo on it just you know that something bad's gonna happen <laughs> as soon as there's a mysterious logo on a box you know what could go wrong this is a bunch of junk Chaz. what'd you drag us down here for i'm telling you man this place is full of top secret technology from some computer factory that blew up it's full of something all right and so are you No, I'm serious, man. Defense systems, robotics, laser weaponry. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. for remnants of what they say was the supercomputer that you know that exploded mm-hmm. and they're trying to rob this warehouse and when as you know as they go to break open this box the dark knight appears <laughs> in this crate and yes. well, just an epic entrance jordan like <laughs> yeah. you find out this isn't the real batman but what a, what a typical batman entrance it's great out the crate right yeah. it almost does it's funny jordan you mentioned that on west series it's almost something you could imagine happening in that show <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a comedic way of doing it so right. the fact that they managed to play it pretty serious here is kind of impressive where he just bursts out of a box on the ground <laughs> totally. but yeah. uh yes we we find out very quickly as the the thugs open fire on this batman that it is not in fact the dark knight we know but is it in fact one of, uh, as we come to find out when he meets Alfred in the next scene, he is one of Carl Rossum's robot duplicates and uh, that Alfred, Alfred tries his best. I do have to uh, wonder, and Jordan, you may have thought of this too, Alfred's plan to stop the robot was yes. uh, try to knock him, use knockout gas. And he already <laughs> knows it's a robot by this point. So I mean, it's panic, I get it. Like you're panicking, but you know, yeah. there's a lot of weapons in the Batcave as we see later. <laughs> Shows knockout gas. I was thinking about that. I was like, well, he's kind of an old British guy. He might not really get if we we're setting this in like in any time, it's like the right. 50s, maybe he doesn't really understand yet. Robots don't breathe, Alfred. Right. He he like he said, like I was thinking, I watched the Grey Ghost episode recently and I love the there's like a part where he's like i don't watch television i prefer my <laughs> fireplace but it's like this guy doesn't know how a robot works <laughs> i mean and, and he clearly he he thought there was somebody breaking and entering into into wayne manor and he comes in with a golf club right. like out of all of the things that that he could have grabbed he grabs the it's golf true club. 
Yeah. Bold, bold moves there by Alfred, who's clearly not ready uh, to jump out of his death. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know, man. You'd think, yeah, there might be, I don't know, a shotgun or something. Yeah, I, guess, I guess in all his uh, his British super spy days that we find about later in the series, uh, he never encountered any androids. There. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, after this, so we we cut at this point back to the warehouse where Commissioner Gordon is uh, is speaking with Batman, and it appears that Batman has captured this group of men that is uh, that, or at least Commissioner Gordon is under the impression that Batman had sort of uh, su- uh, subdued this group of men, and Batman quickly realizes and tells uh, Commissioner Gordon that it's not him, and latched onto one of the guys like lapels this this piece of technology i didn't see how that got there did you guys see how that no i didn't know i was thinking that too i was like how did this how did this end up under it's like under his lapel too it's not like it's not just like stuck on him so right busy night (gasps) never too busy to spend time cutting down your pinatas next time try hanging them a little lower if it isn't too much trouble Yours, I believe. So it would seem. Keep him away, man. He ain't human. Get it away from me! Jim, I didn't catch these men. Well, if you didn't, who did? Batman, from that, figures out that uh, based on the fact that these guys are saying that Batman was there, that Batman, uh, that a batarang was left behind, and there was some technology there, and he discusses with Commissioner Gordon at this point that, hey, uh, I didn't do this, and he's immediately suspicious that uh, there may be uh, a something else afoot here uh in the meantime we uh we have the duplicate batman in the bat cave using the bat computer in a very google home or 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 uh, yeah, Alexa really. style way just using all the all the vo- i mean you know what dcau writers you know, didn't quite get things right with with batman beyond and how the future would be with laser discs and giant cell phones and all of this stuff but one thing they did predict was the ability to speak to a computer and it do everything for you. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah, that, that computer is prototype Alexa here. As a, <laughs> as a, yeah, so he's we sort of get our recap of Heart of Steel and in case you're you know a kid watching this on a weekday afternoon after school and hadn't seen those episodes yet. So you get the recap of the duplicates that were made and uh, and that they were responsible, that the man responsible was this inventor, Carl Rossum. And so uh, we... We know the android is headed that way, but before the android arrives, we actually see the real Batman arrive to sort of interrogate Rossum and and see what's going on there. Recognize these? They came from your warehouse. It seems there was another Batman sighted there last night. Could Hardak have created another duplicate? One of me? Hardak's gone. Whatever wasn't blown to bits was confiscated by the police months ago. There's nothing left but junk. Broken toys I outgrew long ago. I don't try to build life anymore, Batman. I just grow it. I'm sorry. I know how painful it can be to dig up the past. Then please leave me alone. Let me get on with my life. 
yeah, so that leads to this little confrontation between the two of them. And it's, it's an interesting scene because we get to see some compassionate Batman in this, this mm-hmm. scene, Gordon. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Batman knows it's, uh, you know, Rossum's whole point of creating Hardak originally was to replace his daughter who had passed mm-hmm. away. Um, and Rossum is sort of quietly retired to this farm where he's, you know, he has robots helping him out with farming, but it's clearly a very painful moment in this. And Batman at least tries to empathize with him and lets him know he understands how hard digging up the past can be. But I actually really liked that, that brief little interaction they had there because you don't, you don't always, you get a lot of Batman being hard nose, but mm-hmm. the, the, the times where they show Bruce's humanity and able to, to yes. relate to, to people is, is actually pretty awesome. Agreed. Yeah. I know. I love that scene. It does like, yeah, definitely. Um, when you think about like the episode as a whole that like the emotional weight of that does kind of keep you going for a while because after that it does kind of just get into fun fights and stuff yeah. <laughs> right right yeah. absolutely yeah it, it adds that that little bit of layer of emotion there and mm-hmm. um, it, it actually i think it's it's sort of like a uh you know a precursor to what we ultimately learn in the the climax of the episode of batman's heart for people and his his, mm-hmm. honest, his genuine care for the people that he totally. interacts with uh, so as he after he has this brief shakedown almost of Rossum and he uh, he decides that Rossum has no information on him and leaves him alone. But then suddenly Batman's back there again and Rossum <laughs> tries to explain to him he's told everything. But we quickly learn this is, in fact, not the real Batman. <laughs> yeah, you, you do get again. This is a, this is an interesting moment of like crisis of conscience for the robot where he he's convinced himself that he must have it must be the real batman's brain in this robot body and he's he's sort of pleading with rossum to tell him that's the case that he you know he remembers birthdays and his parents and and friends and and all this stuff and and rossum is very kind of matter of fact about it telling him that no you you remember facts you remember you remember data you don't actually have any of these aren't like real emotions or real memories that you have rossum i need your help Where did you come from? Listen to me. Someone put my mind into this robot body. You're the only one who can help me. The damage is too extensive. These circuits will give out probably in a matter of hours. Then we've got to find my real body or transfer me to another robot shell. You don't understand. You're not a man's mind in a robot's body. You're a robot, period. You're lying. It's not possible. I know my family and friends. I remember names, faces, birthdays. I have memories, a past. You have information, data, nothing more. Do you remember your first kiss? Your favorite song? The last time you tasted a really good steak? No, but... Can you remember anything beyond cold, hard fact? Facts can be implanted, accessed from any number of sources. Huh? Where's Hardak? What do you mean? Hardak was destroyed. Where is he? Tell me! Now! It causes something of a breakdown, and as he sort of... uh, There's a couple of other times throughout the episode, and we'll certainly probably talk more about this in visuals, but where where the robot Batman will sort of see an image that reminds him of the Hardak symbol, Mm -hmm. and he sees it on 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 the glass behind him, and it sort of makes him fly into a rage and then thankfully the real Batman had stuck around and we get our, our first fun 
uh, like we said, mash your action figures together. Um, <laughs> yeah. Finally had a reason to have like multiple Batman figures because they're like they have a jet pack Batman <laughs> right. and a regular Batman. It's like okay, now we can we can say this is an evil robot. So yeah, it's we an get... opportunity too to make a Kenner Hardak Batman. Absolutely. I would have bought that immediately mm-hmm. if that existed. Yeah, absolutely. I I do <laughs> I do thank goodness that in DC Direct's dying days, yes. one of the things they did was was make a hard act Batman. I need to. Fun. I still I don't have that yet. I need to get that. Oh, it's so cool. It's yeah. it's such. They did everything great. You have multiple heads, and you got the exposed wires, and mm-hmm. he comes with the yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So after this brief tussle between Batman and honestly, you kind of, this is another foreshadowing to the end of the episode. The they're in this greenhouse that begins to collapse because of the fight between the two of them. And the hard act Batman actually jumps in to save Rossum Mm -hmm. and, uh, and tosses him out of the greenhouse before it collapses. So you kind of get an inkling here that despite whatever the motivation for this hard act Batman is going to be, that deep down he 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 does have the same heart as Batman, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. even if it's all wires and electrical, you know, machinery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, at this point, we flash. Uh, Batman assumes that this is not the last that we've seen of hard act Batman. We discover that he's gone to a an impound lot where uh, the police department has the remains of hard act. And uh, he happens to, happens upon the final piece of Hardak. And we learn in this moment that Hardak begins communicating within his brain. Mm-hmm. We actually get some fun homages we'll talk about in visuals to uh, Terminator in this scene also. Some great POV shots from inside mm-hmm. the robot's head. But uh, Hardak begins to take over and sort of forces him to install this programming mm-hmm. that is ultimately going to turn this single uh, duplicate into the duplicate that then uh, moves forward and recreating Hardak and then allowing his plan for replacing all of humanity with duplicate robots, uh, <laughs> which when you say it, it's kind of it's kind of goofy. But, the heart, but remembering that the heart That's of great. it was was. I love it was that this was basically taking Carl Rossum's pain from mm-hmm. losing his daughter and right. uh, she was killed in a, in a car crash. Um, so the, the fact that, you know, there would be no more human error, there would be no more, you know, no more destruction, no more mm-hmm. all of this stuff. We're removing the human element from the earth. Well, then everything will be in harmony at that point. So mm-hmm. um, at this point, Batman versus Batman two takes on. We have an interesting <laughs> yeah. fight scene here in the uh, in the in the warehouse. That's right. So they once again they are uh, they are sort of at at odds, and this time uh, the hard act Batman certainly gets the better of it. Tosses him out of building into the water. Now nobody in a DCAU cartoon ever dies from falling into a body of water. We know this <laughs> time and time again. But uh, it seems, it seems that's true. Hurts. You can fall as far as you want, You're right? Not- you just land in some water you're fine when I, when I first learned that you could like falling into water like yes safe, it like blew my mind I said, like, what do you mean every cartoon I've ever seen if you just like like angle yourself in a dive right. you'll be fine yeah exactly yeah. So, <laughs> you can jump straight out of a plane it's like it's like you're landing on a pillow exactly you know? right. exactly so yeah it seems at least for the time being <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that the real Batman has been defeated, and and once again, Hardak Batman returns to the Batcave in the Batmobile and uh, inserts this little Hardak chip into the Bat computer, and sort of this is where we get a lot of exposition dumped, where we we reiterate Hardak's plans. He's going to slowly but surely take over the Earth, sort of 
using using he's gonna upload hardack to the internet it's kind of ultron from the age of ultron movie yeah. like mm-hmm. can upload himself into the internet then control all of like the nuclear weapons which will force humans to build the machines he needs to then replace them with uh, with robot duplicates Osterpus, i'm so glad you're back what became of your evil twin it's all taken care of alfred there is only one batman now Oh, good lord. I will allow you to continue your necessary maintenance of the Batcave and mansion until your replacement is fully configured. In a few moments, Hardak will upload into this computer. Through the information network this computer is linked with, Hardak can imprint himself on every computer on Earth. Hardak will reactivate, more powerful than ever, and configure more duplicates to replace humanity. Impossible. Computer can't build a factory? Humans will construct the necessary machinery. Humanity will resist. With total control of worldwide defense and communication systems, Hardak can be very persuasive. Yes. And, and the rest will be history. So <laughs> uh, despite Alfred's protest, it looks like things are, are looking pretty bad. I love that Alfred comes in with a little bit of logic here too, though. He's like, he's like arguing with a robot clearly doesn't understand robots he's like I, I just have to reason with him well robots can't build factories well they kind of can actually yeah, you probably yeah. could get robots to build yeah, factories. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah so thankfully the real batman returns here and uh batman we have, returns yes that's, that's right the movie. Movie. <laughs> but uh from there we again we have a Big fight. We also get to like a section of the Batcave we either rarely or maybe had never seen before, which yeah. is like this the sword display case room yeah. of the Batcave, which yes. is next to the lab, I guess. Uh, yes. But uh, but yes, they continue to have a fight as again Batman keeps trying to to reason with the robot and and ask him, you know, if by saying there this would be free from human error, doesn't that mean it's also free from choice, free from, you know, free from humanity and and at this point Batman also begins to suspect that he can sort of exploit the fact that this is a duplicate of him because he believes that the robot intentionally left him alive because he cannot kill him. And he begins to speculate mm-hmm. in the dialogue with him that he's unable to kill, sort of almost taunting him to say, if, if you're going to win, you have to be able to kill me. Mm-hmm. And he sort of appeals to this humanity or human, the, the nature of Batman to this duplicate at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably the best part of this from a narrative perspective is that mm-hmm. Hardak made his Batman duplicate so good, so perfectly that it couldn't resist the part. Like that's so ingrained in the data of who Batman is, like the <laughs> what people know, what what the data there is on the Bat computer that they copied to make this duplicate, that that the robot can't bring itself to kill because it's supposed to be Batman. And I mm-hmm. don't like to get on soapboxes too often about different interpretations of character. <laughs> But I just think superheroes in general are supposed to be very aspirational. They're supposed to be making the best possible choice, choices that you or I perhaps would not make in the same situation. So I absolutely adore that they made that Batman, Batman's reasoning, and in fact, this robot versions of Batman is made so perfectly that it cannot resist that compulsion that Batman must never take a life. Like I love that. That's so mm-hmm. perfect for Batman. Mm-hmm. 
Where do you land on the Batman killing people, Jordan? I, I feel the same way. I mean, awesome. I think uh, it, you know, I do love uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and that mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> that, <laughs> that guy kills. About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that for me, this version of Batman is just the real one mm-hmm. and he doesn't do it. And any other version, it's always kind of like, well, I guess it's its own right, right, letter thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to this day, though, I feel like people, regardless of that's that's the thing that a lot of people have issues with and take umbrage with. It's like, is this a real Batman? This Batman is too gritty. He kills people. Like that's mm-hmm. that was a big critique on the Batfleck and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Batman '89 at times. And it's like, how does how does this? how does Batman separate himself from the bad guys at this point? Like if he, mm-hmm. he's willing to kill them as well, that's the whole crux of the dark Knight series too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. And the fact that he plays, plays into that here. And we have this scene where it looks like uh, that Batman, the real Batman dies mm-hmm. going over the edge of this cliff um, <laughs> in the Batcave, cave. And, and the robot is just so distraught. <laughs> taken a life. I killed a man. My city, my people, what have I done? Overrides all of what Hardak had programmed into him at that point to the point where he he comes to the realization that not only did he kill he killed it looks like he killed somebody but then he's going to kill all of these additional people in the name right. of Hardak and he decides that it, he just can't go through with it so he destroys the back computer it's a huge explosion uh, killing the, the Hardak robot and we of course get the reveal the Batman hung on to some like random pipe that was just, that was down there in the well some kind of mining tool right because oh, it has that a flashlight on okay. it so he must have i guess it's something on the back the the utility belt like was, how where did that fit <laughs> anyway collapsed. I, I i had thought maybe it could have been from like that's funny because that's just always what i had assumed that it was maybe like from excavating the bat cave maybe okay. he knew that there was like mm. but yeah i don't know that's a good point because it it had it seemed like it had to have been installed there previously to be sticking out of the rock, but yeah, I don't know. I think in my head, I that's like a Mandela effect thing. I always think he's hold it's the sword. Yeah, like I always think oh, he like stuck oh, the yeah. sword in the wall, but, but it's, it's not. Yeah. It's some kind of mind yeah. that's in the wall Same. there. So yeah, yeah, yes. As uh, as Batman uh, arrives back to safety with Alfred, they go up and and Alfred and, and Batman sort of again discuss this. And again, it gets to that some of that Blade Runner uh, stuff. That's that's that eternal sci-fi question of: Can a synthetic being truly be alive? Could it have a soul? And and mm-hmm. we get this, you know, this, you know, we get the name of the episode basically right, <laughs> right, the very last line that's almost that's spoken in the episode is as Alfred 
points out that it would have rather destroyed itself than allow a single person, an innocent life to, to be taken and and how how much that robot then reminded them of the real batman and, and that batman sort of poses that question of could it could it have had a soul and thank heaven you're alive it would appear so that it preferred to sacrifice itself rather than allow innocent lives to come to harm somewhat like you it seems it was more than wires and microchips after all could it be it had a soul alfred a soul of silicon but a soul nonetheless. And it's like, imagine any other kids cartoon in 1992, like <laughs> going, going to that You think level Life with Louie, oh. Life with Louie was posing this question on there, Bobby's world? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our little synopsis of the episode. Uh, we've talked a lot, so I'm going to throw it over to Jordan. Jordan, give me your overall thoughts. Like, what did you love about this episode? What were the, the highlights for you? I know you, you t- we've talked a little bit about some of the things along the way, but just your overall thoughts for the episode. Oh man. So uh, this growing up was a favorite of mine as a kid, just because it's good Batman versus evil Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't really beat that. Yeah. Um, it also had one of the scariest scenes to me from the show, mm. which was when uh Hardack Batman peels his skin back. Oh yeah. And he's, and he is like, even cause I, uh, you know, I must have been like four or five or something. But even then, I was like, you can see that Hardack Batman, as he is initially, does not want it. Yes. He doesn't want it. And yes. then uh, he's like in pain. Yep. Uh, yeah, that I would say that scared me maybe the most of the initial run. Mm. And then also I would another one was um, the Langstrom transformation. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And back. Yeah. Two, yeah we were banned from watching the man bad episode so oh really yeah yeah, yeah it's the, scary. the parental unit stepped in on that one and was like <laughs> yeah. no you're not watching that it's very scary mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i i always thought that was cool um i love when he like seeing hardack batman start to act robotic and precise and like you can tell that he's stronger and faster and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part where he, a scene that I think about all the time is that part where he jumps up on t- uh, to look at the window and sees Batman arriving in the Batmobile and his, his like, he hunches up. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. Like, it's like demonic. That, he's got yeah. like, the red eyes and it's oh, yes, so right. good. It's so cool. It's so cool. So yeah, that's a great visual. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's about it, though. Just that, just seeing, getting to see Batman fight another Batman, I think, is about as cool as it gets when you're a kid watching the show. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you completely. I I think this episode is such a like we loved that Heart of Steel episode so much. It's one of the few episodes <laughs> that I've given a what either of us have given a perfect score to, where we gave it tens of oh. tens across the board. It was so yeah. Uh, so to follow up and how often is the sequel live up to the right. 
on. You yeah. know, very, very, not very often. Um, right. You know, so the fact that this episode from a, from a story standpoint was able to follow up to not just repeat the same things that you saw in that first episode, but to keep some of the same elements. There was a lot of horror elements in that original episode. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the robots taking over and replacing people and the, mm-hmm. the visuals matching up with that. And mm-hmm. um, the fact that they were able to keep that same sort of theme throughout for the storytelling here and tell a really emotional story that also creates more depth at the end of it for the Batman character because you ultimately the whole moral of the story here is is that Batman's heart is is what makes him Batman like Mm -hmm. his his desire to totally good and to and his value of human life and his willingness to sacrifice his own life at the expense you know in in, at the expense of other people uh, you know his his Mm -hmm. own life in those cases um you know to protect others is is also a driving core of him so the fact that you leave the episode with feeling that like wow we're so blessed to watch the real batman every single week <laughs> yeah. like fight crime this is so cool um yeah. this is was i think i think that just it just makes this episode so fun and um cool. i felt yeah. like i didn't have i didn't have a choice but to give this uh, a perfect 10 out of 10 for plot oh nice what about you jordan what was your score oh man uh that's a very compelling reasoning <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I you know for I would say I mean spoiler for this I'm basically all of these I'm waffling between a nine and a ten for these I love this episode yeah it's really good Um, what's your gut that's what we always say yeah I'll go ten I'll go ten also all righty you got me and I'm gonna gonna make it three for three here with the I think Jordan you really hit on it there where it's a great concept for a kid because like you said it's Batman versus robot Batman cool like Mm -hmm. that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's super fun it's easy to understand Mm -hmm. as like a, a basic story that if you're five or or 10 or 12 or 15 or 30 you can you can get into that part of it for the action but then to actually take it and make it this sort of deeper character study of who Batman is and also again sort of pose these fascinating questions about artificial intelligence and when is something truly alive and things like that on top of that it's just yeah you can just enjoy it it's one of those things that rewards you I think coming back to it when you're a little bit older and maybe you've totally experienced a little bit more so absolutely great tens from all three of us here love it all right we'll move on to our second category of the day which is going to be visuals and animation Liam you mentioned at the top we had two different animation uh, services here for this episode Mm -hmm. Uh, Dong Yang did the animation but the layout services were done by Spectrum Spectrum uh, most notably interesting that you mentioned it before uh jordan but the transformation with uh with kirk langstrom that you were responsible for on leather wings and some of the oh, amazing, yeah. amazing visuals from that initial episode mm-hmm. um let's uh I'm, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, let jordan go first as the as the we're gonna call you the expert in the room oh, yeah. what what <laughs> stuck out to you here. yeah the professional <laughs> the professional comes to, to artistry <laughs> Uh, what visuals really stuck out to you? I know you, you mentioned the one scene with Batman in the window and him kind of hunching up. Yeah. Um, was there anything else that stuck out to you that you were just like, man, that's so good? Um, this, okay, let me think. So um, I love uh, I love Hardack Batman punching the computer at the end. Mm-hmm. Like the force of that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 
that that last shot of his face when he peels his mask off and you see like this this poor bruce wayne robot <laughs> it's amazing it's so yeah. good yeah um then yeah just like i said earlier like anytime you could tell clearly that the other batman is a robot and he would do these very precise like weird almost movements we didn't get anything quite as weird as in the heart of or what is it yeah heart, uh, of heart steel. steel episodes yes no you like kinda, robot spider you kind of want some of that but i yes. think it's to maybe preserve the integrity of robot batman because maybe that's a little too weird yeah, yeah. um the, i think he, there is some i think the the moment in the greenhouse though there is there that sequence where he jumps in to save ross yeah. that reminded me very much so of cool him. he jumps in he's like very precise and then when he yeah. throws rossum out he just kind yes. of lets his hands hang there for a moment yes it's very yeah, it's very so like cool. intentional and it, yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah well shoot <laughs> <laughs> um I gotta give it, oh man, let's see. I'll give it a 10 as well. Yeah. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it. I, I, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about specifically, Jordan, is now depending on the episode, who was directing, who was animating, there was a little variation in the Batman model. So this yes. is like the longer swooped back year, droopy nose Batman. Do right. You, like, does that take you out of it at all or are you pretty much just like you look at that as like it's a different artist drawing the comic type yeah i i because i i heard you guys talk about that too on on your other one of your other episodes mm -hmm. um i totally get what you're saying i think mm -hmm. i have an affinity like it's cool to see the evolution of his model throughout mm -hmm. the show mm -hmm. i do like later on when they kind of pare it down too and it actually is closer to what you can tell bruce mm -hmm. tim wanted the whole time right yeah <laughs> but i think like uh, i don't know something something about it like that specific model he is i do agree that like yeah his nose is so droopy <laughs> and but something about it like it just makes you think of the earliest episodes and i have kind of a, a love for it in that way mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's like its own flavor i guess to me yeah yeah, yeah. we always say it's like as long as as long as it's consistent throughout the episode, I, like, you know, when you get into it, it's like, all right, this is a droopy nose Batman episode. <laughs> all right, that's fine. You know, we, we know what he's going to look like throughout the entire episode. It's fine. As long as that's consistent across the board. Because actually, I think in Mask of the Phantasm, there are some storyboarding yeah. scenes where they did the more squared off Batman. And then there yeah. are other scenes that have the, the longer totally. ear droop nose. So to me that movie is perfect but when you look at it it's like that is could take you out of it or be distracted right it's like right. He it's a little bit different than he did like two minutes ago what happened <laughs> it's it's especially man for that real quick i do i love that i just watched it again recently like last week um and yeah you it's it is i would say yeah it is perfect but i do wish i just want a, a tms version of that whole movie for sure yeah hundred percent uh, Oh. yeah <laughs> I want, if, if they could just yeah i don't know i don't know it, it, it's like a it's beautiful special it edition version like that <laughs> yeah exactly if, uh, some reanimated stuff there that would be yeah yeah, yeah. Would make yeah. it even better but right. yeah i think it's funny you mentioned some of the earlier episodes because I, I i thought that scene in the beginning where the thugs are in the warehouse that it's so dark like palette, like palette wise it's shadows on shadows it's 
And you think about those really early episodes like On Leather Wings or Nothing to Fear where you can really mm-hmm. tell it's the black paper backgrounds and stuff like yes. that. And it's just barely illuminated, you know, by the, by the flashlights. You just kind of just see a little bit of their faces in those scenes. Right. And when Batman sort of bursts out and there's lightning striking and you just kind of have that flashlight kind of bluish light on him. I was like, that, that also, I think, really yeah. took me back to some of those really early episodes of the series. That's that- totally stuff I would, I, I should have mentioned too just now, mm-hmm. like that whole <laughs> intro is so moody, so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then cutting to like the rainy Wayne Manor to indicate that everything is going very wrong, very yeah. fast is so cool yeah what a storytelling device right it adds totally. it just, and it just adds something in those scenes and t- to me that that horror horror thread that's throughout the that opening bit there it's just like yeah. flashes of lightning on their faces on the villain's faces on batman's face on alfred's face mm-hmm. it just adds to that drama and you know yes. we'll about music next but the music working with that is just mm-hmm. it's just so great it's yeah six of it all all is great um, I do think that uh, we, we mentioned it briefly, but there were some homages to a couple of different famous movie franchises. So we get some POV shots inside Hardak's brain as mm-hmm. he's sort of, uh, well, as Hardak Batman's brain, as he's trying to resist. And I, I, I did make those same notes, Jordan. That scene is so terrifying because he's like mm-hmm. holding his, trying yes. to hold his hand back and <laughs> it's like feel, shaking. It feels very violating. Like yeah, it feels it like, does. Oh, like, I, don't, yeah. I don't like that. Like, yeah, he's like yeah. trying trying to prevent Hardak from installing this thing into his brain. Yeah. And like you said, coupled with like the, he's screaming and he's like uncomfortable. It's yeah. a, but it's but it's done so well that it like is so so disturbing and um there's one also one really up close scene that they do of of hardax wires as uh i think that his first introduction to rossum Mm -hmm. where you look at it and it looked like Mm -hmm. almost like a like a comic book panel because of the way that they shaded around the wires and stuff did you notice that yes yes it's like super hyper detailed around Mm -hmm. the costume and there's like a lot of like crosshatch like uh work there very very cool um reminded me a lot of you know like a fleischer superman or something that you would see something hyper detailed on you know in in one specific scene and then cut to the next and it's not you know Mm -hmm. right right animation but i love that i think this episode is such a it's such a, as I like to say, a visual smorgasbord. Um, there, there was there was one thing that took me out of it. I will say this, and I, I have to point these out here or there because I always go back to Heart of Ice is the perfect episode of Batman the Animated Series, but my visuals mm-hmm. were nine out of 10 because they reversed the bat symbol in one scene. So I, I always go back to that. If there's one thing, if there's one thing in the, it, wrong, I have to take a point off for it. Okay, okay. There, and I didn't know whether or not who to, who to throw this blame one we don't do like sound design or something like that but there's one scene after he loads the computer in where his mouth is moving and then and then and then afterwards the dialogue comes in and his mouth stops yeah batman talking it's not hard act yeah it just doesn't match up quite quite right i was like oh i know i'm I'm a stickler when it comes to this uh for those reasons i ended up giving it a a nine out of ten liam what about all right well i'm i'm on i'm on team jordan for this one i also gave it a ten (laughs) (laughs) but yeah a nine is hardly enough to uh to sneeze at either so totally another another 
bunch of great scores from all three of us. You pointed out the uh, the reference also to Raider or uh, to, uh, to Indiana Jones. Oh I yes, think. there's there's one shot where they're loading like the Hardak box. I think when they're doing like the recap mm-hmm. when Hardak oh, is yeah. telling Batman uh, robot about its origins, and there's just a shot of like a warehouse and someone wheeling the box in and then it's sort of slowly panning out like it's uh like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark so I just totally. I was like yeah there's a, there's a fun little uh, homage there that uh, the coloration also in the computer scene too last thing I'll say about that I thought that uh, as as the computer begins to count down and it's kind of flashing red you get you got the flashing on all of the characters faces and it kind mm-hmm. of blinks intermittently and I, mm-hmm. and, and that's such a, a, a like a nice little touch there that wasn't necessary mm-hmm. but they decided that the computer was going to blink with this and then they were going to show it on the characters faces kind of reflecting off of it just that mm-hmm. attention right. to detail and my last note is I like robot batman's little finger laser yeah. <laughs> just Great so random because we don't get like laser guns very often no. in this series like it's not the 1930s all the time and you have like <laughs> revolvers and like you know like the shotguns are real old school and everything and all of a sudden this guy just has a laser cannon on his finger i was like yeah that's cool though but he shoots like a stormtrooper that's, that's the true. problem yeah. he's like shooting the stuff in front of batman feet away from him and he's just like that's how he how batman knew he wasn't going to kill him right. just, yeah, that's part of that story there we go all right, moving on to our next category, it is going to be music. Uh, we actually have, a, a, I think right off the bat, we have some just tremendous musical pieces here. The thing that I notated was, as we get the title card come up, a great title card, by the way. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Shadow yeah. Batman and the... Yeah, the- one of my faves. Oh, yeah. so good. Just instantly memorable. Like, mm-hmm. when you think of this episode, you know, there's certain episodes that you, like, that title card is just drilled into your brain and this Mm -hmm. is one with that metal hand reaching out towards batman but the music comes in and if you notice and if you compare it to the original hard act theme what they did the composer Mm -hmm. took the original hard act theme and married it to it's like the original mashup you know it's like (laughs) mashed up the the hard act theme with the batman theme and i was like Oh, this is going to be good. This is <laughs> yeah. going to be so good. Um, and it, it really continued throughout. Every Everything, I think that initial scene, we talked about it. We listened to these. Uh, we have the the soundtracks downloaded. And Liam and I were checking out before we got on, before we, we got on the air here, Jordan. We were listening to these pieces in isolation. And the, the, the track with, uh, while they're in the warehouse and then with Alfred, there's some Twilight Zone type, uh, mm, real eerie. Yeah, real eerie horror movie like cool. soundtrack sounding like stuff, shrill strings, and and that really yeah. like. When, and again, you and you can kind of envision that reveal, like when you see the circuitry for the first time, and you get that really sharp, like it's yeah. like it just yeah, it just perfectly really added to the emotion of whatever they wanted you to feel. It just really married itself to the visuals really well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what what notes if you had? I know you're a visual guy, but I'm sure you appreciate music too, Jordan. Did you have? Uh, anything? Yeah. I uh, I mean this it's I mean it's tough for me because this music for the whole series is amazing. It's one of the biggest selling points of the show, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, I yeah, like you said, I love the mashing up of Hardak and Batman's themes. I love yeah all of the somber and weird versions of the Batman mm-hmm. song that yes. keeps playing. It's kind of, it's a lot of that the whole time, but it's always so cool. It's yes. always such a cool reveal or moment where it just gets over underscored by this 
dark version mm-hmm. of, uh, of that song. So I don't know. I, I got it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, it is. It really is. I got to give it a 10 as well. There we go. Yeah, I, I also went a 10 out of 10. I'll just mention, so the music was uh, was done by Harvey Cohen and Carl Johnson uh, under Shirley Walker's supervision. Shirley Walker, of course, just mm-hmm. the greatest, you know. A legend. A, a legend. Yeah. Missed, but she, um, you know, these the pieces. The fact that they 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 took these and and again, you have homages back to the original Hardack episode. You have the Batman theme very present, and it punctuates the episodes and creates the emotion at times. I think the climax of the episode, as he goes, as the Hardack Batman realizes the weight of what he's done, mm-hmm. and he goes to that computer and he's just standing. It's the visuals. He's standing there. He's looking up at the computer. He's Kevin Conroy. We'll talk about next. Is given <laughs> performance, and the music just sort of swells as he just brings his hands down and destroys the computer. It's just oh, what a great way to punctuate that scene. Mm-hmm. So so good. Yeah, that to me is uh, I think as Jordan already mentioned, just the way the different ways they were able to fit the Batman theme, and depending on which Batman we were following, uh, mm-hmm. it would be played. Yeah, you know, would be played a little more ominous. Like when he steps out of the Batmobile and it's the robot Batman, and Alfred is all horrified. You get. Like almost a like a oh this is what it would sound like if Batman was one of the villains on the on his own show. Like, totally, good point. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a really really clever piece to use, kind of use the the main theme as a refrain, but to to convey different emotions throughout the episode. So yeah, uh, along with the two of you, I also gave it a perfect ten out of ten. We are uh, we are three for three here. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I already looking like it's going to be a uh, pretty pretty big high score from all three of us here but there we go we got one more category to go here Cal. that's right so we have our voice actors that we're going to talk about here not a huge cast because uh we have we have one no. guy playing two roles i but... hope he got paid twice yes he's one. really honestly uh, and he deserved a truckload of money i think for his performance. but uh let's review our voice cast and we'll go through and talk about uh, what we thought of everybody's performances absolutely so uh just briefly we do of course have bob hastings as commissioner gordon Great. Great. Uh, yeah, again, he just gets yep. the one scene, but it's fun to have him bouncing off of, uh, of Kevin Conroy, of course. We do have William Sanderson uh, returning as Carl Rossum, which we should mention. Uh, Mr. Sanderson actually was in the original Blade Runner movie, which I'm sure is not an accident. A lot of times when, right. uh, when Andrea Romano, the uh, the voice and casting director, would bring somebody like that in, it was uh, generally not a coincidence that when someone like that would be on, <laughs> right. would end up uh, voicing uh, somebody here. So it's a uh, Again, and I think he's probably the first name to talk about other than other than Kevin Conroy in this episode, because in that scene that we've we've talked about a little bit already, but where where the robot Batman is pleading with him that, you know, I have to get my brain into a new robot or we have to find my real body. And 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 Rossum is just sort of matter of factly breaking him down and just telling him, no, you're you're not real. And like how that devastates him. I think he's tremendous in that scene when he's asking him, like, what do you actually remember? Yeah, that whole that go ahead, Jordan. Oh, sorry. Uh yeah, no, he he he's awesome. I think we were talking about earlier that whole that first that scene with him is like one of the standout parts of the episode emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um I like thinking back about all Rossin's appearances, I think this is the one I think of the most just because of that scene. There's there's so much going on with his character. He's already gone through um the traumatic events of the his first appearance and mm-hmm 
he's kind of grappling with all this stuff. He's in the middle of trying to rebuild his life. Mm-hmm. And you get that across in, in, in his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Not only did he lose, he lost his daughter. Now he's lost his entire business. Essentially. You have to think that he was probably a, a pariah in the city for causing mm-hmm. all this destruction. He's not, yeah. mm-hmm. no, the police aren't any fans of him. He probably doesn't feel Batman's much of a fan of him. Uh, and, and he's just there like picking corn now. Like that's right. what he mm-hmm. does. So it's sort of this sad, isolated life that he's there with. And I like the, the poetry of him there with his robots that are now reduced to just kind of helping him, you know, pick vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the fact that he's able to, to that initial conversation with Batman where he's so sorrowful and just please leave me alone. I just want to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's, it, it's his, his vocal performance communicates that. And then that, that whole back and forth with the hard act Batman of, all right, well, if you're real, then tell me all of these things. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those interactions that I hadn't seen this episode probably in, I don't know, five years or something like that. But that interaction, it's everything, the music, the visuals, and that back and forth with them. Tell me, you know, do you remember your first kiss? Do you remember how that you're, uh, what a, the last time you had a really good steak? Mm-hmm. Like, just great. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, great. Uh, big ups, Mr. Sanderson there. And then Elsewhere, elsewhere in our cast, we do have Jeff Glenn Bennett uh, returning as Hardax. He's done a million uh, voices over the years, including Johnny Bravo, which is always the one I like to point out. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't but, know uh, that. Memory error detected. Reconfiguring mnemonic files. What are you doing to me? A learning program designed to complete your memory files and help you better fulfill your operating directives. Shortly before self-destruction, Hardak created one final duplicate, an advanced prototype with personal and technical information accessed from Batman's computer. You were that duplicate. But your memory systems were damaged before full activation occurred. The new circuit board contains Hardak's core operational systems and memory. All duplicates were programmed to seek out this component in the event of Hardak's destruction. Your memory systems have now been reconfigured. Yes. I am fully operational now. Excellent. You now house my command files. We are Hardak. We will reactivate the plan to replace all humanity with duplicates. Because I, I was seven years old in, in two, the year 2000 when that show was on yeah. Cartoon Network. So that's Hard, always the one. Quite the range out. there. Evil supercomputer and Johnny Bravo. It's, so, it's so obvious now that you say that, but I never put that together. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, where once, you, once you know that's him, you'll hear him and like, oh, yeah, that's him too. Like, yep. He's one of those guys that pops up in almost every uh, video game and animated thing at yeah. some point. But yes, we have him as Hardak and we also have have uh interestingly we mentioned richard mall who of course more famously voices two-face in this series but is also Mm -hmm. the voice of the bat computer that's maybe my one this is really a minor nitpick but like i wish we would have gotten the bat computer and hardak interacting for a second good point kind of like i already mentioned age of ultron but that might be my favorite scene in that movie is when ultron is attacking jarvis in like cyberspace yeah Um, (laughs) i would have been so it would have been interesting to see like the bat computer reacting to hardak taking it over or something like that for a moment but you guys you guys brought up alexa earlier i wish Mm -hmm. i could give alexa a Richard Mull's voice. Yes. <laughs> oh man. You yeah, just that's a license to print money right there. <laughs> yeah. Take all of my money, Richard Mull. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's so incredible! Good. I love that idea. Right? I know. Yeah. Uh, yes, as our as our top two actors, of course, we do have Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred, who, as we've already talked about, is quite exasperated and completely out of his depth from pretty much moment one in this episode. Yeah, he he really is. But I, I, it him being sort of the foil to this this robot Batman. I love when he come when the robot Batman comes back and he thinks that it's initially that it's Bruce. And then he, when he has the realization because hard act Batman is like talking like a robot, uh, that it's not him, that he just has this sort of like incredulous, my goodness, like he realizes that he thinks, you know, Bruce is dead at that Mm, point. Right. Yeah, there's even like, I don't know, maybe this is too far of a string to to try to connect here, but I'm going to do it anyway. It almost kind of in a weird way mirrors the scene in Phantasm where he puts the cowl on for the first time. Mm. And Alfred has this oh, yeah. like visceral, horrified reaction to seeing him in the bat suit for the first time. Yeah. And you almost feel like it's a, you know, whether it's whether that's I think that's probably just my brain making that connection, but I love no. that as like sort of a, a parallel scene to uh to- Yeah, I could see that. I think like uh just you know, because the I feel like more so in this version than others you really feel like the fatherly connection between bruce and alfred and for alfred to see this perversion of his son Mm -hmm. is very hard for him um yeah i don't know so i think and that's kind of what that first scene would have been to him in phantasm right it's like seeing what he's has to become to Mm -hmm. to you know complete his mission but then now you're seeing this even further the thing that he's always afraid of bruce becoming basically mm-hmm. the, this heartless version of batman yeah absolutely so good. i love that but yeah that brings us of course to the main event here for our voice acting category which is <laughs> pulling double duty we have kevin conroy of course as batman himself and as uh, the robot hard act batman and what's fun about this i think jordan is that even throughout the episode like hard act batman is like three different characters almost mm-hmm. so first he's mm-hmm. regular bat well, he thinks he's the regular batman and then he's sort of this panicked sort of frantic trying to figure out what's going on and then he once hard act has taken over he starts uh you know he starts to speak more robotically and and everything so it's it's kind of wild and then of course he's playing the real batman on the other side of it as well having to talk to himself so what Ooh. what a what a what a week of work must have been put into this episode by Kevin Conroy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and you, get, you even get like, when he's kind of panicked, he sounds more like Bruce. So you get, mm-hmm. the, you get the, cause I was initially, I was like, oh, Bruce isn't really in this episode, but you do hear that version of him when he takes his cowl off and, and talks like that for a while until he becomes Hard Act Batman fully. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I hadn't even really, Thought I hadn't really connected that, but that's a yeah, it's a really that's a really nice yeah. other other wrinkle to it. And then as as we've already talked about the the final bits there when they're when they're arguing sort of over the philosophy of of replacing humans with robots and all of that. And and they even they even kind of add like a, once his face is damaged with the chemicals, you even get like a more robotic filter put on mm-hmm. the voice. And it all kind of comes to a head, I think, in that moment where he looks at the, as we've already talked about a couple of times, when he looks at the, the countdown of the computer and he says, my city, my people. And then he you know, gives this yeah. giant yell like this. Like what this have I done? Outpouring. Yeah. And, and then slams his, his fists down. It's like, 
gosh, that's just, I got tired just like listening to how much effort right. <laughs> Conroy is putting in in this episode. Like talk about putting in the work, man. The line that the line that got me uh, is right after he's uh, in, in that climax of the episode and that their final battle uh, as they start fighting. Uh, he gives this this sort of he's giving this soliloquy about himself. He says, "Hardak is reborn in the very image of the man that destroyed him." Oh, yeah, like, how poetic! Like and the, yeah. and the way that he's delivering it is in that sort of emotionless. Uh, state that he's taken on since he's you know added hard act to his you know sensory whatever mm-hmm. his hard drive or whatever so you cannot prevent the inevitable batman hard act is reborn in the very image of the man who destroyed him I know all your moves, Batman. So why don't you finish me off? Or have you become enough like me to know that I won't take a life? Uh, it's so, so good. Uh, like, I mean, we could talk for days on how great <laughs> Kevin Conroy is as Batman. Uh, but, I, you know, the fact, we've also talked about this in, in past episodes where if you have a person that has to pull double duty and play the same, or play two of the same character, or like, I can't imagine as a voice actor how difficult that must be because you do have, there a lot of times you do have to differentiate between the two or you're asked to do something mm-hmm. to differentiate. And it just felt so easy, in my opinion, listening to the yeah. way Kevin Conroy totally. did right Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh, i mean you could probably see this coming a mile away but uh solely i think on kevin conroy's performance alone i think that it i had no choice i had to give this a 10 out of 10 Uh, love it what about you jordan also 10 for everything you were saying for for kevin for um for uh carl rossum yeah like everything great love it so good absolutely and uh not surprisingly i also gave it a 10 out of 10 i love it so yeah this is uh this is where this is already in rarefied air as we as we approach our final scores but yeah i think this is really just one of those ones when like when cal and i started this show you're like oh i can't wait till we get to talk about this one right yes like this is yes. worth sitting through the underdwellers and <laughs> some of these like really not so great Superman. We just reviewed Superman's pal recently. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. All time terrible episode. Uh, so, and sometimes those can be fun too, because you get to pick on stuff maybe a little bit more than you would in a normal week, but, yeah. but mm-hmm. just, you wanted to talk about the stuff you really love. And I'm so glad we had Jordan yeah. on to talk, talk about it with us this week. Cause like, yeah, the three of us, yes, our scores are very similar, but I think we all, kind of picked out different things that made it that great episode for us absolutely well and if you've listened to the podcast before we rarely disagree on anything <laughs> right, we have we have we have hard x voice to let us know if there is <laughs> we have a disagreement alarm if there happens to be something we disagree on so um all right well that will bring us to tallying our final score oh before we get there oh let me not forget I oh yeah have a bonus point for this episode um, and it's really just, a, it's just more love for Kevin Conroy. I think <laughs> we've yeah. talked about it for the past five minutes. Um, so I won't go yeah. on for, for forever, but just the difficulty that it takes to do different performances all within an episode and to come across authentically and to somehow through being an emotionless, emotionless robot, <laughs> communicate emotion 
and go through various different performances throughout it just it's just speaks to his ability to be able to 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 voice act to, for his acting chops to come through uh this is like the perfect showcase if if somebody was like hey what's the best kevin conroy episode this would probably be top three if not mm-hmm. top two i was gonna me. say well honestly it's funny we've already kind of mentioned a couple of parallels but when they're arguing about like, you know, humanity and taking away choice and stuff. And ironically, it reminds me of another episode where he's talking to himself, that being uh, the Justice League episode, A Better World. Mm. Yes. Talked a little bit about uh, Justice Lords with Jordan earlier, but they have a very similar conversation in that episode about how the order will, you know, remove the chaos, people will be safe, but you're also taking away their humanity in the process and is, you know, is, you know, that's a, that's a long-term story, not exclusive to Batman, but the idea of, you know, freedom at what, you know, is freedom more important than, than safety and, and, you know, is the chaos and randomness of the world, you know, is, is bringing order to it worth it if you're also sacrificing, you know, what makes, you know, all of us individuals and things like that. So I think it's really, kind of fun to see that parallel as well as yeah that's this is definitely a top tier kevin conroy performance love mm-hmm. it all right well i think it's time to total things up i think with our scores here uh well jordan you had tens across the board yeah pretty easy yeah pretty easy. 40 <laughs> even out i 40. can do that math. yeah that's nice. 40 <laughs> out of 40 liam what about you uh yeah i also had perfect scores across the bay so uh, that means it's another 40 out of 40 and yeah. this is a historical moment. First time ever on the podcast, three forties. That's right. Uh, because with my, wow. bonus, with my bonus point, I, it also totals up to a 40. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, it, we had to do it for, for all the five-year-old version of all of us who just wants to see Batman fight robot Batman. Right? <laughs> just just mashing our action figures together in the Batcave. Batman. <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, well, Jordan, uh, the last thing that we do before we go, uh, before we'll we'll say goodbye to you and let you plug your socials and all that stuff is we also then uh, started talking about rewatchability when it comes to these episodes. So there are certain episodes that you're like, if somebody sat down and said, all right, show me that the best three episodes or best five episodes would this would you even consider this episode for that there are some where you're like absolutely not we're skipping over this <laughs> right we also consider like the main play in the dcau does it you know long term is there threads that are followed up on this episode or is there that's also something that you consider for that so um, yeah. we usually give like two thumbs up one thumb up like where does this land for you as far as rewatchability if, if somebody's asking you about his silicon soul i mean for me rewatching i will rewatch this whenever i love this episode <laughs> yeah i think also though it speaks to just the series as a whole where it probably wouldn't be in my in my top ones to recommend to someone initially mm-hmm. just because there's so many good ones mm-hmm. uh, but it would be definitely one i would I would consider like after you get like the first four or five big ones out of the way, be like, okay, now let's watch. Right. Yeah. Heart of Steel and his Silicone Soul. You know, even like just watching Heart of Steel alone, I remember as a kid, that one felt almost like movie level to me. Yes. You know, absolutely. So then to have this follow up too. Uh, I don't know. I, it's tough for me. Look, I love this show. I got to give it two thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think everything, <laughs> I, I think even though there's not plot threads, this is the end of the hard act story for pretty much for the, you know, for the, for the series. We don't get, yeah. you get Carl Rossum making another appearance mm-hmm. later on, but we don't get any hard act follow up, but 
because it's a follow-up to a, another previous episode that's a very important part of the series um mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff in that those initial episodes with barbara gordon's story that you know play out in her ultimate arc is mm-hmm. you know turning into batgirl and so there's there's a lot in that initial episode for this to be a a perfect follow-up to that and it truly adds depth, I think, to the Batman character. Mm-hmm. You understand, mm-hmm. leaving this episode, you understand who the Batman, the animated series, the DCAU Batman is better than before you watched it. So I think, yeah. Totally. Dude, yeah, agreed. For, for all the reasons both of you already mentioned, I think it's it's definitely a must-watch for, for this series. Whether you're watching it for the first time or re-watching, you gotta, you gotta come back to it as well, I think. Totally. Absolutely. All right. Well, as I mentioned, Jordan, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. It was an yeah, honor. Thank you guys. This is the this is so easy to come in here and talk uh, talk <laughs> Batman. Uh, you know, we're happy to have you back whenever you're uh, whenever you're free or whenever you want to. You are welcome back to be our Absolutely. special correspondent. Um, if you don't mind, uh, let the good people at home know. You know, if you have any uh, upcoming projects you can talk about. Because I know uh, in the comic book industry, sometimes you got to keep things on the DL. If you, if you have anything you want to plug there, please do. And if at least plug your social media so people can go see some awesome artwork. Cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, at Gibson and Gogo at uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's kind of where I post the most. Um, there is stuff coming up, but I can't talk about it. That's all right. Just, That's just all right. stay tuned and you guys might be pretty excited that's all okay. I that's yeah. all i can say we like, we like hearing that and we'll, yeah. our imaginations run wild uh <laughs> but uh thank you so much for coming on the program today we look forward to, to hearing and seeing what's coming up uh from you hopefully we're going to cross our fingers it's dcau related and uh hopefully we'll uh we'll have you on again in the future because uh you clearly you get it <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah absolutely thanks jordan yeah Wow, Liam, that was so much fun. Uh, man, having Jordan on, somebody that's just like us, that clearly has such a deep love for not only the DCAU, but certainly Batman, the animated series, and just being able to, to nerd out and geek out with, with them was just such a, such a fun, fun opportunity for us. Absolutely, Cal. That was, uh, that was, as you said, just so much fun getting to talk to somebody that knows and, and loves this world the way that the same way that we do. And, uh, you know, as always, same thing when we had a, you know, friend of the show, Monica being a best friend of the show on um, listening to someone who's uh, this is their job <laughs> to yeah. work with these characters and, and can hear their more, uh, their professional analysis of, of these shows is really, really cool. And, uh, you know, I always feel like not only is it great to talk with them, very easy to talk with them, but you also feel like you learned a little bit and uh you know you can kind of take that that learning with you as we go forward reviewing next week's episode and every episode that comes after that that is right well liam since we kind of did this backwards we started with our elseworlds tale uh, at the beginning of the month we will not be wrapping up this month with an elseworlds nope we'll be wrapping up this month with the next episode of batman the animated series very excited to cover that with you next week that's right. It'll be another memorable one on the docket for us. Uh, maybe not quite as memorable as the last two weeks. It's hard to top uh, Demon's Quest and, and now his Silicon Soul. But we do have the very memorable Fire from Olympus coming next week. The introduction, of course, of Maxi Zeus into the animated uh, DCAU world. So uh, another very memorable one 
with, uh, I think, some pretty memorable moments and uh, voice performances. So can't wait to get into that one on the show next week. Bound to be a blast. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.